This show was first broadcast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM, thanks to New Zealand On Air. Tēnā koutou e te whānau, nau mai haere mai ki te waka witi-witi kōrero marunga te irirangi ki tēa. Welcome to our show, Talking About Seeing, here on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4. Each week, people who don't see and some who don't hear as well are going to talk to each other about what makes their lives tick. We have lots to talk about, so here goes. Hello, I am Jeff Aiken, and today, here at Access Radio Taranaki, a conversation between Brendan Creswell and Louis de Thierry for Talking About Seeing, an oral history project for the Alexander Turnbull Library in Wellington. My name is Louis yeah. de Thierry and I'm here for, to be interviewed by Brendan Creswell and I hope you'll enjoy listening to, to this interview. So, hey Louis, um, were you born blind or did you go blind? I or? went blind when I was in the incubator, I was only a two pound six ounce baby and I was put into this incubator and and the oxygen was very strong in those days and as far as I know it is still happening somehow and I was in there for about 21 days yeah yeah gee that's quite a lot of time eh yes it is and did it take um, the doctors and your parents a while to figure out that you had bad eyesight? Well, or? it took a while for the um, I when I was only five months old, um, a neighbour of ours took Mum and I into hospital, and I had to be left overnight. The night well, he can normal wells who were our neighbours around the coast at Puniho, they took me w- with Mum into hospital and. They took Mum home, and Mum Mum was very upset. She had she had a, she wrote a note to Norman. She just handed it to her. She was so upset when she heard that I was blind. When Doctor Talbot had told her that I was blind, and that I would need, need to be examined, so they left me in the hospital overnight. And he was was so upset. He never he nearly had an accident that day. But anyway, Mum and them took me. Mum and Norman took me back home, and it was passed on to the family that I couldn't see. Um, Mum was in her Mum was lying in the bed crying that time, and Dad came and he said, "What? What? What's the matter?" And, and she said to Dad, "It's our, it's our, it's our son Louis. He's blind. He can't see." And Mignon said, "What's wrong, Mum?" And Mum said. It's a, it, our little brother's bl- blind. Mignon said, "Our uh, mum said, our, it's our baby's blind." Yeah, Gee, that's no good, eh? No, don't we? Yeah, you know, have to think of the positives in our life, don't we? That's right, we do. Yeah, yeah yes, yes. You've got to think of. Mm, I and think, I had to go yeah. away at the age of four years old and. And let me tell you, Brendan, it was like a, it was like a nightmare. I'll tell you. Why was that? When I had to leave Mum and Dad, although they did take me up to 
stay at our grandparents' place at Papatoto and Mum cried herself to sleep that night. And then we had a, I, we had a bath before lunch and then and then after lunch I was taken to this this place over at 78 Victoria Avenue at Wimiwera and it was called Sunrise Home. And it was a two-storied building um, and it had one dormitory for the girls and one dormitory for the boys. And this Sorry. little and this mm. little Cook Island bloke, he was only a baby of I think he was about six or nine months old and he was he was in a cot. And now I, I was in a cot till I left home and and there was a married couple running the Sunrise Home and um their names were Mr. and Mrs. Thompson and he Mr. Thompson was like a father to us. He let us sit on his knee and um we he was talking to us. And I was there for two years and came over to Nathan House on 1960 and around about the 7th of November 1960. Oh, yes. So what was um, school like for you? You went to home, I didn't you? Well, first of all, I went to Parnell. I, I went to school over at Parnell at the foundation. Um, and Miss Ferry w w w w was good. She... Um, Catherine Fury was her name. She was our teacher, and she was my school teacher. And she she was she meant well to everything. And um, then I had a, a Miss Townsend, Miss Townsend, in, in 1964. I, well, I had a Mrs. McGee. She was there in 1963, and also 62. When Miss Fury left, we had a Miss Dare, Nancy Dare, and she was in. The classroom down the down bit down the driveway, and she was in her fifties, and she, mind you, she didn't t t take any nonsense at, at all. Some teachers don't no. do that. <laughs> no, they don't. They get a little annoyed annoyed at the kids that play up. <laughs> yeah, she 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 didn't like it to to see me <laughs> up, upset, and so was Catherine <laughs> Fury. She was a bit like that too. So you love music, don't you? Yes, I do. Can you tell me what musical instruments you can play? I've got a clarinet and I've got a ukulele and I've got a saxophone and I've got a keyboard and a Yamaha organ that Joy Telfer had given to me. Back in 20... Um, uh, um, yeah, 2012 it was, and when I was at, when I was in Fourfield Street. Aye, and um, what's your favourite instrument? Well, well the clar the clarinet's my favourite. It's easy to carry around. The sax saxophone, I um, well, I play it at home, and it's it's a bit hard to carry around. It it it's it's a noisy instrument, but still I like it. And my mum was musical. She played the piano, and and um, my other sister, she who's in heavily West Ham, she was very musical too, and she had music lessons with um, Gwen Matthews at at, at Ocado School, and she played the piano. And my my brother, only brother Philip, he was musical on the guitar, and he played in various bands around New Plymouth.
Aye, cool. What challenges does having bad eyesight cause? Well, I've 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 had a few falls when I was little. Uh, yes, uh, I've I've had a few falls. In fact, one of the kids at home, I left a blimmin' tent peg, and I fell right in, and it and it went right in, in 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 my right eye, and I had to go up to the hospital to be stitched up, and. And I was I had stitches for um, from Wednesday, the eleventh of February till Monday, fourteenth um, of February it was. And then one of the housemasters he took me up to the hospital to get the stitches out, and it healed up after that. Aye. Yeah. Uh, so what? Types of support do you need having bad eyesight? You mean having no eyesight? Well, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I get on very well. I, 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 I get my own breakfast every morning and I'll get meals on wheels through the day and I use a George Foreman cooker to, you know, do toasted sandwiches like cheese and um, salmon. And yes, and yeah. And I, I do my own vacuum cleaning, and the lady comes in. And she says that she makes sure that she um, help helps me with things that I've missed. You know, not being able to see and uh, what what have you. I are there things that you would like support with that they don't offer? Um, not really, but. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. This is an, this is another thing I meant to tell you. I used to be frightened of the noise of the lawnmower when I was little, and Dad ma made me push it when I was little. He to just to make to see that I got over my fear of it. Yeah, because they are noisy things, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. And now they've now they've got those quiet ones that you press a button and you. Don't have to worry about petrol pulling a cord or anything like that. Aye, and yeah, yeah, you're a very social person, aren't you? As you have been part of different groups through the yes, Blind I've been Foundation. part of the um, Christian Fellowship for Disabled and Life Skills, Life Skills and, and Bowls and you know, yeah. blind blind bowls and yeah. Do you enjoy um, doing all of those things? Yes, yes. Mule Ashworth, Ashworth is my help helper when when we play the piano. To, when we play the piano, when she plays the piano, and I on the clarinet, she she accompanies me on the on the piano, which is good. Uh, um, so we would like to hear some music from you. Right here, I'll, I'll get my clarinet right. I'll get my the tune. The tune I'm going to play. For you is Stranger on the Shore, and it's, it was done by Ackerbilk in the year 1962, which was 60 years ago. <laughs>
Welcome back, everybody. That was some nice music you just played there, Louis. So, what if you having no eyesight? Was it extremely hard to learn to play instruments? No, not not really. The the clarinet was, although I have have, have played a recorder and I've got a recorder at home sitting in the drawer, and I've, I can play that. I can play that. I taught myself the recorder when I was fourteen, and I taught myself. The clarinet when I was 25 up at up at up at Tutukaka in a motel after we'd been fishing that day. Cool. Yes. Yeah. And Dad, honestly, he had tears in his eyes when he heard you play. Yes, yeah. he did. He, 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 I never thought I'd have a clarinet in my hand and, until my parents got got one for for me. When I was young, I. Um, had a ukulele, but I didn't exactly learn it. I just, you know, mucked around with it. <laughs> oh, you, I've had mouth organs when I was a little kid, and I've still got, I've still got a couple at, at, at I've still got a couple of mouth organs at home. Oh yeah. And I play that for, mm. I play one for people's birthdays here, because um, my mate Stephen yesterday he had a birthday last. Well, a couple of Sundays ago, and I played a, the mouth organ. I played happy birthday on the mouth organ to him over the phone. Oh, yeah, cool. And you do a bit of busking in town as well. Well, yes, I, I haven't, I haven't been, I haven't been doing any busking for quite some time. Well, I will admit because because of COVID. Mm, yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. But before that, you did a bit of busking, didn't you? I did indeed, Brendan. You're absolutely right there, my friend. And were people impressed by your music? Yes, and they always gave me they always gave me money. In fact, I must tell you, Brendan, this some old joker gave me a hundred dollar note, and that was on May the twenty sixth back in twenty seventeen, and it was a Friday m- morning, and I thought to myself, well, I better. Put the notes. I better store the notes in my bag, so nobody can see it. So anyway, I, mm. on the eighth of June, I took it out and took the hundred dollar note and put it in my pocket. And, and after after handcraft, after the handcraft lessons, I got Ian Rain to take me to the music store in town, the music works, and I bought a ukulele. Yes. 
Oh, cool. Yeah, there's so many nice people around, eh? Yes, yes, there are. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for joining us today, Louis. It was good talking to you. Yeah, yes. guys my name is Taryn Wallace and my name is Brendan Criswell and we're going to be chatting together today about our lives and our experiences so I hope everyone enjoys it and you start Taryn okay so I'll start by talking a little bit about my visual impairment um i have actually i have two conditions one of them is nystagmus and the other one is septo optic dysplasia so what this means if you're unsure of what that means it pretty much means that i have no control over my eyes i could be looking at you but you could be looking somewhere completely different so that's the main one and the other one is that I can't see things in a really fine detail so for instance if there was a ship out in the middle of the ocean on the horizon and somebody would say oh that ship's got a red hull or whatever I'll be like it just looks like a little black dot to me <laughs> so huh. that's some ways that I can explain my visual oh, yeah. impairment yeah I'm not really sure what um, mine's called but yeah, and like with me, I can only see out of, um, you know, one eye and the other one is like, I don't even have an eye unless I look in the mirror. So yeah, it's, I've always had that. Have you always had, you know, yours or has your sight gotten worse or? I've always had my visual impairment since I was, since I was a little girl, my parents, hmm noticed it when I was a baby so yeah they went and got it checked out and sure enough yeah yeah it does suck having eyesight problems doesn't it it does but I think we learn to you know live with it and you know there's definitely some things that I have been in the past like I wish I you know had full eyesight so I could do this or whatever but at the same time I think you know being um, visual impaired and um, you know having the challenges that we do have um, is a way that we can show people you know what we are capable of even though we have those limitations yeah yeah and like the most important thing you know that I think is just be happy with how you are think about the ones that are worse off and if you're you know like what's the word hating how you are and all of that which I kind of used to when I was young and then you just got to say to yourself well at least I'm not you know blind deaf and in a wheelchair you know we've got to basically 
you know, say to ourselves to help us, you know, what could happen that would make us worse, you know, and, you know, that's basically what made me change, you know, change my opinion of myself. Yeah. Yeah, and you do, you go through those times growing up. Um, did you, you have know, that, did you? Yeah, it's interesting because with me, I've always had, I believe I've always, ever since, even when I was a teenager, I've always had existential crises. And <laughs> what does that mean? It, um, it means that you kind of question who you are and whether you and really. Why, and why you're like you are and all of that kind of. Yeah, yeah. And um, pretty much, um, how do you explain it? Like questioning your own existence so to speak and uh, you know trying to figure out who you really are and where you fit into this world you know yeah so yeah but you do come to some realizations as you mature that um you are who you are for you know specific reasons and you can use those reasons as strengths and it's basically like if I didn't have bad eyesight or my disability, I probably wouldn't have ended up, you know, working in radio. And even before I got the chance to check out the radio station, which was what I was interested in because I already had a friend working at the radio station. And I was just interested in seeing what the radio station was like. And out of that I ended up doing radio and before that I wasn't even sure you know what I would want to do and you know yet stuff like that just comes along and you've got to say to yourself okay if I had nothing wrong with me I could be doing something really boring but you know this is cool isn't it yeah and like the most important thing for me is okay we're what's the word voluntary or unpaid but this is my opinion I would rather have a cool job like this and be unpaid than get rich off when I hate it absolutely and the thing that makes you know makes it for me as well is knowing that you know we could be my main goal is that if I can make at least one person's day or you know make at least one person smile then um, I've achieved something (laughs) so for me it's about you know enriching the lives of you know those around us yeah and you're you're, um, really good at um, music and singing aren't you yeah 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 music Mm. is my life yeah and I believe you got on um, a TV show um, once what was that like oh that was amazing that was that was an amazing experience oh my goodness I can't believe it's just (laughs) wow I've just realized that was just about 10 years ago it was 2012 and um, now we're in 2022 actually today is the 29th of March 2022 um and yeah it it was actually it was the moment that I kind of realized that my passion was 
singing and performing on stage mm. where beforehand I was focusing a lot on production music production and um you know producing like mm. trance music and um techno hard house that kind of thing but when I went when I got through to the grand final of Hormati Paki Paki um, which is the tv show I was on and just waiting backstage and just hearing the crowd as they, you know, cheered for everybody. I'm like, you know, I've missed this. I've really missed, you know, the atmosphere of um, being on stage. But um, I think from there, you know, it's kind of um, opened up new opportunities for me to um, to share with people. Yeah, and like that, that they know you could all the um contestants and um people watching know you had sight problems or anything did that get brought up or did you just go on like a normal person or um I had everybody was amazing everybody knew that I had a vision impairment and they were really good with you know leading me onto the stage and helping me off again and um different things like that so no they they were both the the crew and the contestants were absolutely amazing something i've noticed is sometimes people just say to you oh i'm amazed at what you can do with your you know psych problems or your you know disability and it makes you feel good when people talk to you like a normal person not like you have a mental or intellectual uh, disability because that's something I've noticed sometimes um, like people might see your sight or your physical disability and have that opinion that you're mentally or intellectually um, you know disabled when you may not be just because mm. there are people out there that could be both. I think and, it's also, yeah, yeah so I carry on. Yeah, so I, I think it's good when people um, don't look at you in that way. Yeah. No, it is. It's, it's a nice feeling when people, you know, can be really helpful. But then again, with regards to those people who, you know, seem to not understand that, you know, they and I've had this before as well, where people, they'll come up into your face and yell at you, or they will talk to, um, if I was with my mum or a support worker, they would say, is she okay? Does she need this or whatever? Um, but I yeah. think it comes, it comes from a place of misunderstanding or not yeah. knowing how to, how to um, react in that kind of situation, not knowing how to interact with them. Um, with somebody who is visually impaired perhaps that's my understanding yeah and like the thing i honestly have no problem whatsoever discussing my you know disabilities or my sight problems with basically anyone that wants to know in my opinion i think it's a good thing that people know what it's like mm, agreed Absolutely agreed. And I'd be more than happy talking to, answering people's questions um, rather than having them assume. 
Mm. Same same with me. I've got no problem whatsoever when people want to know something. If it's a genuine question and they say it nicely, I have no problem whatsoever. It's the ones that come up to you and just make a what's the word like a big you know big deal out of it. Oh, what's it like to have sight problems? Oh, can you mm. walk properly? You know. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I kind of feel like that also might be out of, you know, not understanding as well. But, yeah. you know, there are def- definitely ways of, of putting things that can, because, I mean, that can, I know, that would definitely make me feel uncomfortable, mm. you know, if somebody, if somebody was to do that. Yeah. And... Yeah, like what were your experiences like at school? At school, um, I was very fortunate throughout my schooling to have teacher aides, although at primary school it wasn't a one-on-one or even at um, intermediate, I didn't really have um, one-on-one help, only on the odd occasion, I think, from what I can remember. But um, at high school, I had a one-on-one teacher who was with me all the time. But I think also I was very lucky to to be able to have the equipment and everything that I needed to enhance my learning. But um, as far as the school experience goes... <laughs> Were you bullied? Yeah. I think also because... I was a real oddball. I still am, and I don't mind. <laughs> um, At least so I we think, can see ourselves in that way, eh? Absolutely, <clears throat> yeah. Um, but I think most of the time I was just bullied because of my, you know, some of the things that I did or said or whatever, but most of the time a lot of the kids were really good with me. Yeah, kids will be kids, really. Yeah, like the the one I got bullied at school, and this is the worst part. The guy that I thought was my best friend in primary school, behind my back, he was, you know, and with the bullies telling them to give me hidings and stuff like that. And I came around the corner corner once and basically saw him and heard him discussing it with me. I went with them and I, I just basically said to them, okay, if you're going to treat me like that, you know, I'm no longer your friend. So, you know, yeah. Mm. That, oh, wow. That must have really, that you must have felt extremely betrayed because of that. Yeah, big time, hardcore. Yeah. And that, that is, it is sad when things um get to that point really yeah and at high school I was in a um oh what do you call those like units where you always got the same teacher and the same uh, students so um, you weren't like jumping from classes to class like the rest of them you were in the same group for basically all your subjects yeah, and yeah. you know everyone else in that unit had a disability in some way and you end up making good friends with the white people that are similar to you 
Mm. Not meaning that you can't have friends with other people or they can't be friends with you, but it kind of just works that way. Everybody's in the same playing field, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And that's always cool as well. Like I had a lot of interaction with our um with our special needs unit, which wasn't in the same way as that. Like we still had to go off to our own um individual classes, but there was that space there for people to come back and um catch up on work that they needed to catch up on. And um no, it was it was cool. So yeah, high school for me was definitely a, a better experience than then primary school I'm assuming because you know we kind of grow up and and learn different things and um learn how to treat people you know in better ways that's what you know that's what I'm assuming yeah and because I during the high school years I stayed at home I had a um blind school which yeah. is in Auckland and I think it's Blings now and yeah so I was part of the only um, virtually impaired unit at at high school in New Zealand and yeah and that was pretty good being part of that because if I hadn't been staying at home I and going to uh, Main River High in Auckland where they had the unit I think things would have been way harder for me at high school yeah yeah so that's um what was the best thing I suppose what was the thing that made it easier for you going to Main River High probably just being around a lot of people that were the same as me Mm. like okay the um but here's the funny part <laughs> i stayed at um, home i for accommodation and went to manrewa high so yeah home i or, or blends as, it, as it's called now you know what the the school there was more of a primary and intermediate but the high school students got accommodation there yeah which kind of sounds a little bit funny. I always, it always used to make me laugh when I thought of that. That's that's really cool though. Yeah. But yeah. Like, and the one the one thing I hated though is, um, I especially the last year of high school, I was in a different unit than the first couple of years of high school, mm-hmm. and that second unit I was in um I was I wouldn't say better than the rest of them but I think I coped with my schoolwork a lot easier so I would get it done quite fast so I would have to do my homework in the afternoon because they wouldn't let me just sit there (laughs) and yet back at um home I in the evenings we had like a homework period and everyone you know had to sit in a room and do their homework and even if you didn't do have homework which I hardly ever did then you just had to sit there with the rest of them and do something and man oh. it's boring I used to go through hundreds and hundreds of pieces of paper 
just drawing things and after a while it just got so so boring <laughs> yeah oh, like, if if we didn't have homework we weren't even allowed to just sit in our rooms listening to you know our own music or something like that like in the beginning mm-hmm. before i um went everyone just got to you know work in their room and that wouldn't have been so bad but they changed it and everyone had to be in a group like in a room working in our own little areas finishing homework or doing stuff and I just got sick of drawing oh that would drive me nuts (laughs) heck yeah every night every weeknight non-stop while we were at school it was so excuse my language here even annoying There's there's pretty cool though, you know, hearing about your experiences um at high school where it's um all where you're in the same playing field, everybody's got a visual impairment. And um you know, I think it's it's interesting hearing about um how things were then and and um how things are now really with um schooling. I was fortunate to attend a um conference a few years ago um with um, parents of visually impaired where i um i didn't attend the conference i um performed there and i'm um, just hearing i was just sitting around with some of the parents one i think the day that we arrived and hearing about how their kids are getting on and um you know the technology that they need and and what they use and it's it's interesting um just hearing the contrast between you know what things were like um schooling in the 90s early 2000s to what it is in the i don't know mid um 2010s yeah i I thought it was pretty cool actually and then we also both did um the kickstart program after high school for learning how to live independently and flat what was your experience of that like it was probably one of the best years of my life I was um there for one year because I was um at the top age I was turning 21 that year um but definitely probably one of the best years of my life we um you know I I learned so much like things that I probably then like if I didn't go to Kickstart, I probably wouldn't have um known some of those things um you know yeah, so but, many amazing mm. friends and again you know everybody is on the same playing field so we all um seem to get on with each other you know with some other people more so than others but yeah we're all of that sort of mutual um mm. that, yeah that similar place i i um did that it was quite quite fun so yeah you get to meet a lot of um people you know i enjoyed that uh more than staying at the hostel you know um, home i even though kickstart was at home i just because we got our freedom more Mm. and all of that so yeah and I 
when I was at Kickstart, played indoor bowls for a bowls club, and that was pretty good. So you get to meet a lot of people there and just being like, I, I find having a disability and being part of um, normal groups, you know, where pretty much everyone, well, most of them don't have anything wrong with them is actually quite good because it gives you the experience of not being stuck in what's the word uh like groups where everybody's the same yeah yeah gives gives you that um that freedom to be in um in actual society perhaps yeah and like this might sound really surprising but i used to play bowls for the blind foundation and yeah the normal bowls club that i play for um i honestly find that a lot um better i won't say why because i you know have had issues in the past but i i found surprisingly the normal bowls club a lot more enjoyable than the Blind Foundation Bowls Club and you would think that it would be easier being part of the Blind Foundation Club in a way but that's not always the case is it? Mm, yeah and it is nice to to get out and um, branch out a bit more and to meet new people and you know do things that are more I suppose in um, mainstream <clears throat> groups you know not so much just with groups of um, people with disabilities it is nice to um, have the options to join other groups as well and yeah, that's cool. that's something that I've um, come to enjoy as well because I'm part of Toastmasters and um, being part of a couple of different music groups and it's quite cool because people can really be quite accommodating to you and say for instance with Toastmasters when I first joined um, I was asked you know if I needed specific um, projects or whatever blown up um, to larger print and um, somebody showed me how to do Uh, the what's Toastmasters 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 is a, a group. It's actually an organization where you go and um, you learn how to speak in public and you get given a whole lot of different projects where you improve on your speaking skills and learn new things. But it's not just that, it's also about uh, honing in on your leadership skills as well you learn how to chair a meeting, you learn how to um, give feedback for different things. You can be part of the committee where you learn things like um, setting up a the meeting room and um, getting everything organized to treasury and all the other things that are part of any, any club. So you do, you learn so many different skills when it comes to Toastmasters. It's not just about standing up in front of a group of people and talking yeah it's about leadership and um and um, growing confidence as well which is 
the main reason why I attended Toastmasters. Yeah, and we're both doing a radio show together and how do you find um, doing radio? Because I never thought I'd end up doing it and I love it. You know? Oh, it's, it's amazing. I actually, um, back when I was at um, high school, the last year of high school, I wanted to try and find something to do in music. And the closest I could get to pursuing something in music was to do radio. So I ended up doing um, doing a radio course and absolutely loved it. And um, I think I kind of just put it on the back burner after that until, um, until I came to access radio and um, started doing this show with Brendan so it's it's been amazing you know popping back into into doing radio again yeah cool so thanks for joining us today everyone and hope everyone's enjoyed our discussions it's been awesome hanging out with um Brendan and I hope that you guys enjoyed this um the show and I hope you guys got something out of it and yeah, take care.
Thanks for listening. Bye for now. This show was first broadcast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM, thanks to New Zealand On Air.